again, the series that we started a little bit while back called The Last Sermon. Um, it is a look at the Gospel of John, chapter 13 through 17. We are um, taking a detailed look at, at what Jesus told his disciples. And, and, and again, the Gospel of John is a more detailed portrayal of what Jesus was saying, what he did with his disciples, with his followers, right before he would be arrested. Right before he would be scourged and ultimately crucified and die. And so he's spending this time with the disciples. In, and then John gets to see more detailed account of what's going on. And so we are, again, looking at this in a, in a detailed account. I'm not going to uh, reiterate everything that we've already gone through, but that's just kind of where we're at. But um, we get to hear again why he, what is he instilling into their hearts ultimately to us before he dies? What does he say? What does he do? Why does he say, say the things he does? And again, he is preparing them. This is a preparation for what is to come, for what is ahead. He would die and be risen from the dead, and he would ascend to the Father. But he is preparing them for the birth of the church. And ultimately, that's why it's not just words to them. It's not just things that he did to them. He is speaking to us and preparing them to be the church, and he's preparing us um, again to be the church of the Lord. Jesus. Today and next week, we're going to be looking at what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, his promise of the Holy Spirit in the last sermon. Um, we're going to be actually uh, this week in John 14, next week in John 16, so the different places in the last sermon that he talks about the Holy Spirit. And so here in John 16, he's going to give us the primary works of the Holy Spirit. What Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, the promise of His coming, who the Holy Spirit is, His person, His work, His presence, what He would do, and then His work in us as followers of Jesus. And so, before we get into that, a lot has been, you know, we, a lot of us understand if you're a follower of Jesus and you're a Christian, you, you know, we, 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 we have maybe a working understanding of the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is. For some, it can be kind of a, a weird thought. We, we, it, it, it's not so hard to talk to maybe people about God and Jesus and Christ Jesus, but now the Holy Spirit even sounds a little scary and it sounds a little weird. What is, what is the, who is the Holy Spirit? What does He do? He is the third person of the triune God. We get that word again, Trinity. It is God is manifest in three persons God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's one in three, three in one. If you can ever fully understand the mystery of it, come and talk to me and I'll take notes. Because there's a mystery behind it. They are of the same essence, but they are manifested in three different roles. They work cohesively together. They're not apart from one another in purpose and mission. So they're working together. They, they don't contradict one another. So the Holy Spirit is equally God, but functions in a different role. And with that said, because He is a part of the Godhead, He should be worshipped. He should be prayed to, just as we would the Father and Jesus. And so a question begins with how is your relationship with the Holy Spirit as a follower of Jesus? Have you ever thought about that? Over the last year, I've been really thinking about it more. What is my relationship with the Holy Spirit? And I, I, I began to adopt in my daily prayer time just talking to the Holy Spirit, worshiping the Holy Spirit, asking the Holy Spirit for his help. And again, when we look at what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit, my prayer is that it encourages me to further press in to say, I want to know the Holy Spirit and his work 
my life in a greater way. So again, I'll look more in depth as we, we look at the scripts of why it's important we should have a daily relationship and communication with the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit was always here. He didn't show up just in Acts 2. That's where, again, the birthday of the church in Acts 2, he comes in his fullness. But he was in the Old Testament too. Genesis 41, it says the Holy Spirit gave Joseph skill or wisdom when he ruled over Egypt. That was a, and it says that about the Holy Spirit. Numbers 27 in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit gave Joshua military power. Samson, you know, the, the strong man Samson, it says that the Holy Spirit would come on him and over him and he would have great strength. In fact, I, I, I don't think that, you know, some, some of the betrayals that he has Samson is like the seven foot monster of the bomb. I don't think he was that way at all. I think he was an average guy. I think that that's why the Philistines couldn't continue to go at him to try to come. They, they, they didn't get how he had the strength. And it was the Holy Spirit that gave him that strength to be able to fight off his enemies. And that's what it says in Scripture. And even still underneath the old covenant, Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember when Mary, she says yes to David, and he comes off of her life in the sense of Holy Spirit. You can see Christ in her womb. So he was, he was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. He was there again in the fullness would come in Acts 2 to, to birth and empower the disciples and ultimately the church of Jesus. So that's kind of a setup. We have in the Old Testament, he had a role in the Old Testament, and then he would come in fullness in Acts 2. So what did Jesus tell his disciples in this very vulnerable time of his life? What did he say about the Holy Spirit's, the Holy Spirit's work? before he is arrested and crucified, and ultimately what is he saying to us? We're going to unpack this a little bit and we're going to John 14. Starting in verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. I want you to listen to what he's saying about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Truth, that's what he's entitled. The word, world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. And he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will see me. It won't will, the will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. It's a great promise. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So here is the first part of the case. Jesus, you know, the beginning of John 14, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. I, I believe in God, and you've also in me. I go to my Father's house. There are many rooms, growing places. He's promising us eternity. Um, because we have seen the way of us in trouble because of what is about to happen. And so then he gets toward the, the, the middle part of this of this discourse to them and talks about the Holy Spirit. And so he is, here Jesus says these things of the Holy Spirit. And here's the list of things that he says about the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is. The first part says, if you love me, right, and this is about relationship with God, if you love me, that's a self-sacrificial, not just 
I love God and I kind of have this idea of love of God. I'm truly and self-sufficient loving God in relationship. I surrender my life. If you love me, keep my commands. Then there's a conditional thing. You know, that I will give you the Holy Spirit. I'll give you another advocate. Jesus had been their advocate, right? That's why they were troubled um, all along when he would talk about going away or being crucified. The Son of Man's going to go and be betrayed to hand of sinners. He's going to die on the cross. They, they were having a hard time with all that talk. They didn't like the idea of him talking about leaving. And so he had been their advocate. He had been with them. And so he says, I'm going to give you another advocate. A person, uh, what is an advocate? A person who pleads for or on behalf of another. It's an intercessor. Romans 8, it tells us that the Holy Spirit has to prayed for us. Isn't that cool? That before the Father, the Holy Spirit prays for you. And this is a beautiful document. And so Jesus says you have an advocate, one who goes on behalf of you. Father, when you love him and you're walking in the list, you have the Holy Spirit, there will be an advocate. Then Jesus said, the Holy Spirit is your helper. Your helper. He will, yeah, the, the word for Holy Spirit is in, 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 the, in the Greek language is one who comes alongside you. In John 16, we're going to have him unpack a lot more of what the Holy Spirit does and who he is, but he is our helper. There again, that, that is why we need to um, establish walking relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because well, the Holy Spirit told me, give me supernatural strength. I can't do this on my own. When we are walking with the Holy Spirit as our helper and our advocate, we are realizing our desperate need of who God is in, my, in, our, in our lives. And so the Holy Spirit is my helper. He gives us power, grace to do what we're called to do. And he gives us power and grace to not do the things that we're not supposed to do, right? That's where the Holy Spirit helped me. Help me to be who you called me to be. And also help me, maybe in the struggle that I'm having, I'm asking Holy Spirit to help Make us love Jesus. Then Jesus says he's the Spirit of truth. And that's an interesting word there. He's the Spirit of truth. Jesus says this several times about the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's in perfect unity with Jesus. He is the truth. Remember at the beginning of John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And here's the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of truth. We're in perfect unity together. And Jesus says that the world can't accept him because it doesn't know him. That's why when you start talking about, you can talk about God or you know, even people on awards shows, they can go, I want to thank God. Right? And maybe their music is not very God honoring, but they're always thanking God. When you talk about Jesus, it gets a little weirder for people. You know, God's okay. He's the standard for God. But Jesus, it gets a little weirder. And then if you want to really get weird with strangers, it starts to start talking about the Holy Spirit. Not that He's not real, but it's just this. And that's what He said. If the world doesn't know Him, they don't, they, they, they can't perceive but here's how the whole world can know who the Holy Spirit is. It's through your life and my life. Is He working in me to reveal His power? And that's why Jesus is the Spirit of Jesus. Is the Holy Spirit testifying of Jesus through my life? It's a good question. As I'm walking with Christ, then people can see the work and the power of 
can imagine the disciples, they felt somewhat like he's leaving, he's an orphan, right? He's not our guy, the, uh, the Messiah, the promised one is here, and they knew who he was. And, and he said, I don't believe you, Lord, when the Holy Spirit comes, hey, you, you will recognize I will be with you. I will be with all of you all at the same time. You won't be left with orphans. They were sad. They didn't completely understand what was going to happen, but because of the Holy Spirit, Jesus and his humanity was limited. He had come, he had, he had to, to become one of us to redeem us. The Holy Spirit would give us full access to Jesus all the time. Our helper, never alone, that he's always there. And so then we drop down and Jesus continues to talk about the Holy Spirit. Let's pick that up in verse 22. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple of that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to resilient goods only to us and not to the world at large? He replied, all, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each other. Isn't that his dear Jesus to say that? We will come and we will make our, we and our, talk about again, the Trillium God will make our home with each other. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, what is he going to do? He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. So it's another thing that the Holy Spirit will do. He is going to teach you the things that Jesus taught. He's going to testify of Christ. He's going to reiterate over and over the, the, the message of Christ. He's going to teach you and remind you of everything I told you. Then this great promise, I'm leaving you with a gift. You know, uh, part of this gift is, is, is what the Holy Spirit can bring. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. We need some peace of mind and heart. The Holy Spirit is going to leave you with a gift. And the peace I give you is not the world. In other words, the world has a lot to offer, but it will never give you the peace of mind and heart that what of what the Holy Spirit can do. So don't be what troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you, I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I'm going to follow you. They weren't going to fully understand this again. They were remember, ultimately, we know their brokenness. He gets arrested. What do they do? They scatter. They still didn't get it. But I guarantee you that day, when they're sitting in that upper room and the Holy Spirit comes, they're like, it was good. We're, we are very happy about this because of what this means to all of us. And again, Jesus said, we're going to make our home with each other because of what this will make it home in our lives. We will come because we will come and make our home when we truly belong to Christ. God makes it home in our hearts to the person of the Holy Spirit manifesting the God of the earth. Isn't that cool? That excites me. That means I don't have to look for other things to give me peace. I don't have to look for other things to bring me joy. It's found in Him. Father sends the advocate to my representative. He will teach you. In other words, he will confirm the 
did not want to hear from the truth of who Jesus is declared by Jesus himself and confirmed by the word of God. In other words, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's not going to give you new teachings. And that's why in our day, we have to be so careful about when, when somebody comes in with a new teaching that is not a scripture. What does Paul, Paul give us? Long warnings when he's talking to Timothy, the young pastor. He said, There's coming a time when people will not give to sound doctrine. He said, In fact, and what they're going to do is they will set up teachers for themselves to what scratch what their itching ears want to hear, right? You know who he's talking about? Not the world. He's talking about the church. That's a sobering thought. They won't be given the sound doctrine. It's what sound doctrine is going to do it. That is the spirit of truth. It's going to testify of the truth of Christ is. And so you can't have new teachings that contradict the word of God. Bad doctrine, bad theology is dangerous. And that's why you can't say, I'm a Christian and I'm also a universalist. I'm a Christian, but I believe that there are many roads to heaven. You understand? That's, that's contradictory to the word of God. Jesus said he's the way to people like no one comes to the Father except him. Jesus said it's a narrow road, and I am the road. I'm the door. I am the way. There are, there are no other options. There are no plan B, C, D, E, or whatever. Jesus is the way. And so when people say, I'm a Christian, but I also believe there are many roads to heaven, that's what they're doing. They, 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 it's not the spirit of truth because they contradict what Jesus himself said. If you were a Christian, you would, the Holy Spirit would teach you who Jesus is. By, by the teaching by the word of God, he would not contradict Christ. He would not contradict the teachings of Christ. The word of God is the truth. Again, he says, I'm leaving you with the peace of mind and heart. Peace of the world can be used for the world for you. Remember, I'm with you. Because of the Holy Spirit, we can have peace of mind and heart. We don't have to be troubled or afraid. Again, the disciples were going to need this, right, later on. I said this last week. They were going to need these words from Jesus when they would be rounded up and they would be heavily persecuted, tortured, killed. And they were going to, at those moments when they are, you know, in the, the, the that's why the, the Christianity, when you're, when you're a follower of Christ, it doesn't, it doesn't equal like what word of faith people have said, health, wealth, and prosperity for the rest of your days. It could mean dying for your faith. Could mean that that, that, that that God would require you to that you would be a testimony unto death, like a lot of people in the world right now. There's lots of Christians all the world. The majority of Christians hiding in you know, the Chinese underground churches where they are being imprisoned, and, and, and they and they say, you know, we don't we're not trying to get after them. That in fact, during the persecution, Jesus is being revealed in greater ways. So the, you know, the word of faith prosperity message would not equate to the Chinese gospel. They, 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 they would be formed. And so these guys, when they were being tortured, the disciples were going to need to remember the words of Christ, don't be troubled or afraid. And they would have to say, Holy Spirit, I need you right now. And he would be right there as grace for the moment. A lot of you guys know what that is. 
when you've gone through hardship, when you've gone through maybe the loss of a loved one, when you've gone through maybe physical challenges, financial challenges, and you can look back, you know that testimony where you go, I don't understand but I have peace. You know, maybe it was, maybe it was, there was turmoil. I'm not thinking of temporary anxiety and, you know, the enemy wants to live under anxiety, live under depression and live under all of that. But, and, and there are those moments that somehow you go, I don't understand it, but there was a peace of God there. That's what he's talking about, grace for the moment. Or when we see somebody else and we hear their story and we say, I can't imagine it because we can't. So, you know, Christ will, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will only walk with us through those things. And, and we see people keeping their eyes on Jesus. And you go, I don't get it. I don't get it because I didn't need it at that moment, but they had God's peace. So the, the disciples were going to need these words, and we need these words. Don't we tell your heart to be troubled with pain? Those against the flow of worldly thought, you know, the world. 
world says everyone's in that bad. The gospel says everyone's rotten to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, um, and the, the world would say if there's a heaven, good people go to heaven. You know, you're asked to do, are you going to go to heaven? Yeah, because I'm a good person. And heaven's not for good for people. Because none exist by, by, by the word of God. No one's good, not one. That's why we needed the cross. That's why Jesus died. Heaven is for forgiven people. Repentant people. The world says, I'll determine my own truth, my own moral code. Jesus says, He is the truth. He is the moral code. And you can see. So, in context, Jesus is saying that they hate me and they hate you. So, no matter what happens in our life, God can work in us and get glory and reveal His work through persecution, famine, sickness, hardship, blessing, times of hope, times of defeat. If we belong to Christ, nothing is wasted and you live victorious no matter what happens in this life. That's good news. So Jesus says this, but I will send you to heaven get the spirit of truth. And he calls me that again. He will come to me from the Father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. So the Holy Spirit comes in, he's going to testify Jesus in us, and he's going to testify Jesus through us. And so all of the work that we're walking with Christ, nothing is wasted. Not a moment, not a day is wasted. We are walking each day on purpose because we belong to Jesus. And that's why the Holy Spirit testified Christ to make me more like Jesus and then testified truly to the people that are around me of who Jesus is in the gospel. He wants to work in us and through us no matter what our circumstances that's why do we perceive his work? Do we have our spiritual ears and eyes open to what he's doing for people around us? The, 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 even the season of our lives where he has us right this moment? Do we perceive his work what he's doing? Do we see? And that's where we need to be more in tune with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit help me to do. I encourage you to pray the Holy Spirit beginning your day. Holy Spirit, let me go out and walk in your power to be a witness to Christ to people. Help me to be with your eyes those who need the gospel. Help me to know that no moment is wasted. There is nothing trivial in the kingdom of God. Every day is working. He desires to work in the world. I'm close with this passage. Kind of our response and Paul writes about the Holy Spirit. Hear what he says. And hear the challenge of what he says. Ephesians 5. So be careful how you live. So be careful. He's talking to believers. He's talking to the church. He's talking to us. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. What does he say? Verse 16. Make the most of every opportunity. This is the work and the power of the Holy Spirit in the people that make the most of the opportunity in these evil dark days because it's, it's, it's a dark time. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to pause right there. And talk about this idea where he says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a text that has gotten a lot of play and a lot of, a lot of things written talked about. This is a text that many have used to advance the bad teaching of getting drunk in the Spirit. That 
is not what Paul is saying. And again, to do this, to talk about getting drunk in the Spirit, to do this is to reduce the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit to sensual things or sensational emotions, displays of emotions, and can be displays of the flesh. It, it, it's bad theology. Some people say, well, a good service happened because the Holy Spirit took over and people were drunk in the Spirit and they have heard that before. The problem is it's not biblical. Because the, 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 if, if we're reading what Jesus, again, what did Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? He's going to testify of the truth of Christ in our hearts. He's going to, his work is going to be to empower us to be more like Jesus and to testify of Jesus. Are we becoming more like Jesus with the power and the work of the Holy Spirit? And not that, not that the Holy Spirit will touch our emotions at times. I'm not saying we just turn off emotions off where emotions means created in the image of God, and there are times where we might be emotional, we might weep, or we might, you know, have different things that the Holy Spirit is touching us. But this idea where, where people have used this, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, it, 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 that, we, that we, again, reduce it to emotionalism. It is simply this emotional, worked-up thing that was never intended to be biblical. So the Bible doesn't teach that, that being drunk in the Spirit is, is a thing that needs to be working for. Now, and, 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 and again, if we look at context, he's writing to the Ephesians Church, and I want to give you a little understanding here. One of the gods of, of the God, you know, in Ephesus, and I think these are, these are Gentiles, these are godless people that the gospel is going to. One of the gods that they worshipped in Ephesus was the God of one. Now you understand why Paul might have said that to them. And here's what they would do in these festivals. They would they would drink and they would get so wildly drunk that they would begin to it kind of almost go crazy with it. And, and, and a lot of it, 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 it dealt with chemical dependency and kind of it kind of makes you a little bit, you know, kind of you lose your inhibitions and you kind of begin. And that's what they would do. They would whip themselves up into fleshly, emotional frenzies, worshiping the God of wine, because they were trying to trip the peace, any God that would lift them. And one of the gods was this God of wine that would alter their state. Paul's saying, don't be like that. That's, that's like that's how the world does. That's it. That we, we, when we reduce the Holy Spirit to that, what we're doing is we're making Him like the world. We're like, making Him like worldly things where we lose our inhibitions and we're going crazy and it's all ripped up into emotional frenzies. He said, you're, you're acting like the pagans do. That's not the work of the Holy Spirit. And so don't do that. That's why He was specifically, don't be drunk with one. Also, I think that there's a real practical spiritual thing is, is what do we run to to medicate instead of running to the Holy Spirit? Things that come for them. It's for some that may be chemical dependency. It's just we run to it to somehow 
do something, to shut something down, to, 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 to stuff down worry and stress and anxiety. And that's how people become addicted to things. It can be food, it can be sex, it can be all kinds of different things. It can be relationships that are not of God. And we're looking for something to ease that, comfort that. And that's why if you look in context of what Paul's saying with what Jesus said, Jesus is saying through the power of the Holy Spirit, He will help you. He will comfort you. He will teach you. You don't have to be afraid. I'm giving you a gift. It's a gift of peace, peace of heart and mind. You don't have to look to other things. You just look to the Holy Spirit and He will fill you and give you grace and peace. Instead of looking to the other things, Try to heal or mend that thing in the heart. And at the beginning of you know, at the beginning of this, where Paul is saying, again, he's, he's lining this up to tell us about the Holy Spirit. Be careful how you live. The Holy Spirit will help you. To be careful, don't live like this. He's going to help you. He's going to help you make the most of every opportunity. Again, as you get up in every day and you're walking with the Holy Spirit, and you say, Holy Spirit, give me power to make the most of every opportunity you've given me today. And that opportunity is going to be either the work that He's doing in you or through you. And when He says to be filled with the Spirit, it's interesting there. He said, instead, be filled with the Spirit. The words there actually is continually be filled. Be filled, be filled, be filled. It's not that the Holy Spirit leaves us, but we are leaky. You know, sometimes we are going along and, and we feel like that, you know, and, and, and maybe we've leaked out. We need to continually be filled. My kids, my little kid, I, it, it teaches me so much about my own relationship with God. You know, Zai, who is too, sooner than a bug viewer, as Gary says, my kids are both like that. All four of them, all five of them now. The, the adult ones don't like to hear that. You're treating the bugs here at the time. Besides getting independent, you guys know too. And he's got a thing now, and it just reminds me. And I was actually, when I was preparing this sermon, I was so was thinking about this. He's, he's still trying to, you know, he's like, he's a two year old, and he's still trying to get balance, and, you know, but he, he likes to do stuff by himself, right? I can do it. And he's got this thing like going down the stairs, and sometimes you know you are just you know as a parent, it's hit that fine line of letting him do it and, and intervening, and you're just scared to death because that weighs more than the rest of the body. And, and you start trying to help, and he, and he does the thing now. He goes, "No, me, me." What's he saying? I got this. Me. And it's funny, and it's cute, and it's also not so cute sometimes, but, you know, me. And you're like, you know, concrete stairs, no, none of you. Me. And I thought the whole story was cool, because that's how you get sometimes. You're walking along, you know, you know, and you maybe have some time with the Lord, and, and then you're just going to go, and you're just going to go your day, and, and the Holy Spirit's saying, I, I want to walk in the room and fill you, you know, me. That's how we walk in the room, and also we're drawn, we're wondering where the Holy Spirit is, well, it's because we know me. And God's saying, no, not you, me. You can't do this without me. You can strive, but it's going to lead you to dry places. Hurting places, 
That's why we need a continual relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said. You need Him every day to comfort you, to counsel you, to teach you, to show you, to talk to Christ. That's why I'm saying, no, not me. You. I need you. How does your relationship with the Holy Spirit begin to talk to me, encourage you, and I challenge you that if you're not already doing it, begin your day with talking to Christ. We start, we, we pray to Jesus, we, we pray to the Father, but pray for the Holy Spirit. Immerse me, fill me. Again, doesn't mean He's not already there, but fill those leaky places. I humbly submit to your word and power. Make it a part of your prayer time. Give me. Help, as Jesus said, give me grace and comfort through maybe a hard season. Give me grace for this co-worker that you have put on my radar, this friend, this loved one. Because another thing is when we, can, when we, we, when we pray for people, you know, when you get to the, kind of the end of what you can do, and you go, I don't know, I'm praying for this person that I'm saving, I, I don't know what else to do for them, the Holy Spirit won't. That's the way we should say, I, we've done the natural, let them do the supernatural. Holy Spirit, touch them. Give me an opportunity or you do it. But be in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Give me supernatural grace and power to overcome my sin. Show me where you're working. Help me to make the most of every opportunity. Help me to testify you in word and deed. Help me to be filled. I mean, not to do it alone. To give me your strength and your power. More on this next week. Let's stay. So, Holy Spirit, I'm praying right now for each one of us. But wherever we're at, give us strength and power, Lord. Maybe it's, Lord, maybe it's to overcome. Holy Spirit, forgive us where we have put other things in the place to comfort us. Where we medicate ourselves, we comfort ourselves with the things that are not of you, and you are right there saying, I want to feel that place. I want to feel that place. Whatever the work you're doing, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would empower us. You would fill us with the test by the truth of Jesus in and through us. Make us more like Christ. Lord, comfort us. Give us peace of heart and mind, God, that no matter what season we're in, nothing is wasted, oh God, if it's a time of, of, of blessing, or if it's a filled with a time of hardship that you're there. If it's a time of plenty or a time of little, you are there. Nothing is wasted that you would testify of Christ in your hearts. And I pray, God, also that you would remind us each and every day to pray to the Holy Spirit that we would make that, Lord, a part of our daily lives. To pray yes to God, to pray to the Father, to pray to Jesus, but to pray to you, Holy Spirit, and to forget that you are there. Lord, empower us to be your church, empower us to be who you call us to be. Go from here today. Praise the Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Have a nice day.